Are you accepting it? No, of course no. not. Rubbish. The government is not accepting it. Welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast. I'm Malcolm Farr, and of course, we're with Dennis Atkins. And this is the year of the fire hose of falsehood. And welcome to episode 25 of Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast, 25th this year. Dennis, on Monday night, I dipped into the Paul Murray show, Murray being one of the more shouty denizens of uh, Sky News After Dark. He had a bunch of regulars angrily attacking the just-released latest International Panel on Climate Change report, and such anger was there. From Murray, Pauline Hanson, Rowan Dean, and, bless him, Joel Fitzgibbon, all of whom uh, conceded they hadn't read the report. But a central point from them all seemed to be that Australia shouldn't have to commit to dramatic change because China can do what it wants. They all agreed on this. Now, I haven't read the IPCC report either, but I think we can read the political problems ahead for Scott Morrison, his climate-apprehensive MPs and his... uh, coal-loving colleagues. Would you agree? Uh, Yeah, there are political problems for him. uh, And, you know, they're they're going to be, you know, sort of uh, concentrated uh, in some of the regions, in in central Queensland, along the Queensland coast, uh, in that part of New South Wales, where um, uh, Joel Fitzgibbon comes from, around the Hunter region, in WA, uh, on one side of the uh, divide in terms of these problems and the other side is going to be in metropolitan uh, places, especially Sydney, Melbourne, and probably Adelaide. Um, and how acute these problems and these differences uh, are, are, some, uh, are something that, that Malcolm, uh, that uh, sorry, um, Scott Morrison, uh, I, for some reason I had Malcolm Turnbull come into my head then. Uh, some, you know, Scott Morrison is going to focus very, very sharply on over the coming few months in the lead up to Glasgow. Now, look, it, it's all very well for these people to go on the Paul Murray show and say, you know, well, China's not going to do anything. Uh, therefore, you know, we don't have to do anything and we shouldn't have to do anything. Well, there's two things about that. You know, yes, China might not be going to do anything and China uh, may not turn up in Glasgow. It didn't turn up um, to a G20 meeting uh, on on this topic in Naples in late July. Um, it's, well, it did turn up, but it sent a very junior person who read out a statement uh, and, and sort of left the room. Um, you know, but... From what I have read of the IPCC report, they say that a place like Australia will be affected by uh, a warming of over 1.5 degrees Celsius, almost more, almost to a greater extent than almost any other country in the world. Now that's alarming. I mean, yeah, there, 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 there's there's a slew of things in this report, most of them pretty horrific, but you know, let's just grab one. 
they say that previously the kind of heat waves that we're going to get under a 1.5 degrees of warming used to occur every 50 years. Now they will occur nine times every 50 years. So that's, you know, sort of almost two times a year you're going to have, you know, uh, absolutely catastrophic heat waves around the world. Now, if that's not worth preventing, then what is? Look, exactly. The, the, the people like the, uh, the folk gathered around the knees of Paul Murray, they still put this in, into the, uh, yeah, the, the cheapest argument possible, which is that of a sort of a contra wars uh, argument. Uh, and they neglect to, to highlight what is underway now and what could be even worse for Australia. Uh, and the notion that we've got to protect coal mines ahead of the rest of the country uh, doesn't seem absurd to them. Uh, I, I, I don't know if this report doesn't shake them out of that uh, quite crazy uh, thought pattern or mindset. I don't know what will. Uh, it, it, it's alarming that they get, even if it's only the Paul Murray show, that they get a, a pulpit from which to uh, announce this crash. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's sort of interesting talking to people in the Liberal Party and the National Party uh, over the last week. Uh, people from Victoria say that this isn't a problem because they think that Scott Morrison doesn't care about the Nationals and he's going to uh, sort of do something or do enough uh, to get Australia through the Glasgow conference. I think that's a very heroic assumption. You talk mm. to you talk to the uh, the people in uh, the National Party, bit of the LMP in Queensland, and they say that Scott Morrison is not going to bend uh, to the pleadings of metropolitan liberals, but he's going to stick with them and he's going to tell the UN conference to take a jump, and he's going to, as happened in. At the, at the Paris conference, Australia will essentially stick with Russia, Saudi Arabia, Brazil, India, China, uh, and be part of the refuseniks. Now, if that happens, that'll be to our international shame, and I think it'll be to the great political cost of Scott Morrison in metropolitan Australia. Yep, I think so for sure. Now, look, let, let's... Uh, uh sort of travel around a, a rather large hypothetical, uh, one which might be a bit difficult to accommodate, and that is Anthony Albanese has won the next election and is being advised to hold royal commissions into uh, the Morrison government, elements of the Morrison government. That, that's what Tony Abbott did within months of the 2013 election. There was a the $20 million inquiry into the home insulation program, that's the Pink Bats Royal Commission, and the $45 million uh, uh, Trade Union Royal Commission. But, but both were archly political and aimed at uh, destabilising and uh, diminishing Labor, which was then in opposition. Now, there are plenty of fertile areas for inquiries given the secrecy scandals and stuff-ups of this current government. What do you think PM Albo might do 
well, if if we ever get a Prime Minister Albanese, and I've got to say I'm not convinced of that at all. But if if you know, you said it's hypothetical, so let's be entirely hypothetical and say there is a Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. Um, I'm sure he'd be tempted. I think anyone would be tempted. I mean, the Rudd government was tempted. Uh, Kevin Rudd's government was tempted to have a royal commission into Australia's involvement in the Iraq war. Um, in the end, they decided not to, mainly because the Howard government itself was embarrassed by a UN report into having a royal commission into the wheat for weapons scandal, as it was uh, uh, literally known uh, and you know sort of and that was a good royal commission and it, it actually had some consequence uh, but in the end the Rudd government decided not to as important as uh, that policy uh, sort of issue was of why Australia got into Iraq and, and what went on in terms of the decision making and everything that flowed from it because they said, look, it's not up to governments to rake over the past from previous governments. It's bad public policy. Now, I tend to agree with them. I think that uh, in the end, a Labor government, were it elected uh, in, in the future, wouldn't be tempted into just doing something to rake over uh, things that have happened under the Morrison or, or, or other coalition governments but but, um, but 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 couldn't you argue couldn't you argue that this might not be the first pandemic we're going to see and therefore we should uh, have a look at our response so far and strengthen it for any future yeah. uh, plagues uh, and that would be a worthy and not necessarily political uh, avenue of inquiry yeah but that's that's a very different matter uh, that 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 is the national response to the pandemic and that 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 I would put in the same basket as uh, the Royal Commission that was held into Australia's response to the bushfires of uh, the summer of 1990 and 2020 and and yes there should be a Royal Commission into the way that the uh, that Australia handled the pandemic and not just the Commonwealth but all the states in the same way as that Royal Commission looked at the bushfires um, yeah, and I think that's very different from looking at sort of scandals like the, uh, you know, the triangle of selling land in, in Sydney and uh, car parks and various well, what, other things. Hang on. Why wouldn't you look into car parks? I mean, we've, we're told we can't see the list of marginal seats that would uh, you know, get comfy car parks uh, because it's a cabinet document. Uh, and therefore won't be available for another 30 years or so. Uh, it's secrecy like that, surely, that uh, should be examined uh, by an incoming government? You, you could try and examine it, but I, I would, I would uh, uh, bet a hell of a lot of money that you would go, you would go nowhere. Um, I mean, cabinet confidentiality is, a, is, is unfortunately uh, something that you're not going to break. Um, yeah, it, it's never happened, and, and I don't think it would happen. Uh, mm. No, no court is going to allow it to be broken. Um, if a future government could find some instance, say it got into power, and it, it then sort of went back and had a look at these things and found some 
uh, evidence of, of wrongdoing, uh, either you know, sort of administrative, civil, or criminal, it would then, I think, quite quite rightly proceed with it. But uh, you know, I'm I'm not inclined to criminalise politics. I, I think criminalising politics is is one of the things that uh, you know, in in the modern era. Uh, in Australia, in America, and in Britain, has has been a very bad turn of events. Okay. Well, look, we should, I guess, at this point, uh, examine whether we will ever see a PM Albo. And uh, there's lots of excitement over the latest news poll in which uh, Scott Morrison personally was savaged. Uh, and uh, at first glance, this would indicate that, that we might even see the elevation of the elbow. Should we fall for one poll? Well, no, and I mean, yeah, to to uh, to defend news poll, it's, it's it's two polls now that have sort of had pretty well the same uh, outcome with the same primary vote and the same two party preferred vote. Um, but you know, this is you know, uh, two polls out of many, many, which showed Labor either tied or behind. Um, uh, I mean, we got very excited about what it was, 33 or 35 or something. I lost count. Uh, polls saying that that uh, Bill Shorten was going to win and then he didn't. Um, so I wouldn't get too excited about a couple that say that Albanese is going to win. Um, we should remember that the 39% primary vote that this latest news poll shows, uh, Labor has only ever won government from... Uh, either in it from opposition or from government, uh, majority government, I should say, once. Uh, and, that, and that was in 1990 with Bob Hawke. Um, so, you know, 39 is not quite enough. Um, uh, and the other thing, history shows us that almost always, not always, but almost always, during a campaign, the coalition picks up votes and Labor loses votes. So Labor really has to go into a campaign with its nose in front. Otherwise, it's, it, the chances of it falling behind uh, are uh, a, a, bit, a bit of a risk. Yeah. Okay, well, let's look at uh, the savage, said savaging of Scott Morrison by voters, obviously as a consequence of his handling of, of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, his Praetorian Guard at The Australian, uh, well, a couple of political columnists, have presented the argument quite strongly that essentially he's just a scapegoat for this uh, this massive and unprecedented uh, onslaught of disease. Uh, and uh, he's been quoted about um, you know, looking down the, the, the barrel of the camera and saying to voters, I get it. I don't like being in this position either as if the, he, you know, nothing to do with him. Um, as somebody quite astutely has said on Twitter this morning, he's the, the master of stepping across the room to join his accusers. Uh, it's what others might call a touch of the Peter Beatties. Um, but it clearly, it, it's hit him in, um, in a sensitive spot and he's not very happy that he's not very loved. No, 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 and it, I mean, it, as soon as I saw that, I, th I thought, oh yes, he, he's doing, he's doing what he did back in uh, February, March, when uh, he had to finally realise that um, the poor treatment of women was a serious issue. 
Um, you know, I mean, yeah, this guy gets it when uh, you know, everyone else has, he, or sometime mm-hmm. after everyone else has. Um, yeah. he, he is being rightly marked down for failing, as Albanese and others have said time and time again, for failing to do a very basic task, and that is to get the country sufficiently vaccinated to have some sort of barrier from infection. He's failed miserably on that. Uh, in, in February, March, he failed to understand the most basic thing about the way women feel and, and the hurt women suffer when they're treated, not just badly, but criminally by men. And then 12 months previous to that, he failed appallingly by having a uncaring attitude to half of the country burning and people's lives and livelihoods going up in smoke or coming under threat. Now, in my book, that's three strikes. Is he out? Not quite yet. Should he be? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how on polling day voters handle that that jumble of inadequacies. Um, That's it for this number 25. Thanks very much for listening and uh, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from me. Uh, And can I just make a quick recommendation to our listeners? Um, I read a couple of books over the weekend. We were in lockdown up here in Brisbane, uh, so I had plenty of time. One is a a book on the final days of um, uh, um, Donald Trump called Landslide by Michael Wolfe. It is an absolute cracker and you you won't put it down. Uh, The other one is sort of a similar book. It's uh, called The Assault on Truth. And it's about, essentially, it's about Boris Johnson. And it's uh, by a British political journalist, Peter Oborn. And he looks at how lying has become endemic in political culture. Uh, They are both fantastic books. And if you want to understand why people with no uh, policy ambition at all want to become political leaders, read one or both of them. They're both terrific. Uh, the, um, the, uh, the landslide uh, tells you, among other things, that uh, not only was uh, Rudy Giuliani a chronic drunk uh, who was seriously stupid, but he never stopped farting. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, elevated note of departure. Talk to you next week.